The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show, Digital Row, our final Digital Row from Super Week 2022. We hope you've enjoyed all the coverage we have brought to you so far, and we may have saved the best for last. We have a star-studded lineup for you. Before we get to that, I just want to remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. Listen to this lineup that we have for you. Russell Wilson, Travis Kelsey, Dick Butkus, Hall of Famer Deion Sanders, Aiden Hutchinson, and Adrian Peterson all in this episode. See, this is why you have to follow the SB Nation NFL show. Make sure you do. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. You get all this great content. goes right to your phone, right to your ear holes. You can check it out while you're going through your day. I promise you, we won't let you down. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it with myself talking with Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson. Joining us now, a man who has spent his Sundays for the last, I would say, almost 10 years, personally tormenting me and every other 49ers fan out there, Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson. How you doing, Russ? It's been my goal the whole time just to torment you, you know? Well, let me tell you, mission accomplished because it has been just torture. Like, feel free, you know, like, get out of town. Leave Seattle. Get out of the NFC West. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I hear you, man. Now, listen, I, um, well, first of all, I've had some amazing – I think back to my rookie years, just some of the games we used to have against some of the most amazing players that ever got to play uh, against their – you know, against 49ers defense – you know, you had guys like, you know, Bowman and Willis. You had, you know, uh, the, the Smith brothers rushing off. You know, had some amazing game, amazing matchups along the years. Better go to the Super Bowl, and NFC Championship game. And just so many great moments on fourth down and long. And to be able to get to the end zone and make a play, throw the ball, touchdown for Jermaine Kerr. There's been some great games. Yeah, um, yeah great. The They've just been too. great, yeah, Russ. Sure. Thanks. You tried to butter me up there in the beginning by mentioning all the 49ers. <laughs> what up? <laughs> What's going on? Man, everybody's there, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're having a good time. Um, well, you're here on behalf of Subway because despite your all your accomplishments, Pro Bowls, NFL Man of the Year, you really haven't made it until you have a sandwich named after you. And now you do the Danger Witch from Subway. Yeah, no, it's been cool. You know, growing up, man, I, you know, it's, I didn't have much. So I used to always go to Subway's to go grab a sandwich. Uh, you know, my parents were always working. So I had to, you know, go make my own sandwich or get my own food or whatever it would be. So I used to go to Subway all the time. NC State, I got there. I used to stay at University Towers. I used to go across the street and, uh, you know, and, and uh, make my own sandwich. I got my Danger Witch right here. I brought one for you. I, I'd pass it to the, to the computer if I could to you. There we I'm go. Sign it to you. And then um, I'm going to sign it for you. And then, you know, I don't know if you want to keep it or not, but. You know, you may want to eat it, but it's um, my danger, which it's got a little bit of everything on it. Right. Just so you know, um, sign that for you. Look at that bad boy right there. You signed. How am I going to eat a sandwich if you signed it, Russ? Uh, dude, it's uh, it's edible ink. So you're good to go. That's not a thing. You made that up. Come on. You made that up. No, edible ink. Check this out. I didn't even edible know that that was a thing that existed on this sandwich. Yes. It's ready for you. You didn't know the danger, which existed until now. That's now true. You do. There's no more excuses. Uh, you know what I mean? There's no more excuses. I'm tired of your excuses. <laughs> you know? 
All right, Russ, you're, you're, this is, this is hard for me because you're being nice to me and I've spent most of my time just hating your guts. Um, it's hard. It's, it's hard for you, huh? It is because I don't, you, you have ruined weeks of my life, Russ. And Can you do me I, a favor? Can you do me a favor? Sure. Um, time we do an interview if we're going to do an interview can you make sure you have a wilson jersey in the background you have that 49ers gore jersey you have some other yeah, stuff in the background. that's right uh, you need to make sure you have a wilson jersey is that all right and, do and you make, think make i sure would let a, a, make sure you have a sandwich in the background too like i would ever let a russell wilson jersey enter my house are you oh, out of your mind russ well come on what, what, that's 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 why it's tormenting you oh god all right um I want to ask you this because obviously it's been in the news. I hinted at it earlier. I want you out of the NFC West last year. There was a list of teams out where you would approve a trade to what's happening this year, Russ. Does that list still apply? No, oh, man, I'm focused on what I'm at right now. You know, just to be in Seattle, it's, it's been a blessing obviously to play 10 years there. So you know, hopefully we get to win more Super Bowls. So that's my focus. That's my plan. And, uh, that's where my head's at. Do you want Pete Carroll there? Of course, man. Pete's the best. He's he's the man. He's he's a great coach. Because it seems like you guys have kind of butt heads the last few years. I, I, and we don't butt heads. Pete and I don't butt heads at all. I think that Pete, Pete and I, we 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 share a lot of the same thoughts. We want to win. You know, I think that's that's kind of where our head, our mindset has been the whole time. Except he doesn't let you throw the ball until the fourth quarter. <laughs> I think we throw it around, man. We got some great players, guys like DK Tyler, those guys. It was so cool to see Rashad Penny get back on the scene and see what he was able to do. Um, you know, we, what we have to do is go win. You know, we've won, you know, I've been fortunate to, you know, be able to win more games than anybody in 10 years, you know. So um, that's what I'm focused on is, is, is the next moment, the next win, the next opportunity. That's what my mindset, mindset's always been. Well, you sound pretty like your mind is made up. You've decided now. Did, did something change between last year and this year? Because it felt like last year that wasn't the case. I think that part of it is, you know, media likes to expand some things as part of the game, part of entertainment, part of sports. You know, for me, you know, the reality about sports is things always change. They're always evolving, always changing, you know. And so for me, you know, I'm just staying focused on the moment, staying focused on where I am right now. And that's uh, that's to be here with you and to have a good time and to torment you some more and uh, see how, my, how much more I can do that to you. Yeah, well, it's it's working. Um, I just I want to take a just a tiny issue with something you said, because I am in the media and you and many athletes have said that the media does blow things out of proportion. But we didn't come up with that list like that. That list did not come from us. That came from your agent. So I, I do take issue with you there, because what do you expect us to say when that list comes out? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And I think it's part of the game. I think it's uh, it's, it's part of stuff that happens. And it's, it's just, you know, I think that uh, you guys like the expand thing. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's, it is what it is. It's what uh, it makes the game fun. It's what makes sports fun. That's what makes uh, you know, those jerseys in the background, that's what makes you go crazy for, for those jerseys. And that's what makes people go crazy for, um, you know, uh, people buying tickets and going to see your games and they're going to play ball. You know, it's, it's, I think that what's always amazing about sports is, is that it's, it's this thing that it's, uh, it's this entertainment space that I think people uh, forget that it's also our livelihoods. It's also what we get to do every day. You know, we wake up for this every day and it's our livelihoods and it's, um, you know, it's for our kids and for our families and, I think that's sometimes we forget that. And, and I think the same vice versa. I think a lot of times athletes forget what, what media does too. It's to your all's livelihoods. And I think it's, it's all part together to work together and to, and to, you know, and to, you know, uh, just enjoy the process. You know, it's, it's always crazy, you know, to be able to place. And, and when you're, when you're such at a high level, I think that, you know, for me, I've uh, been able to play amazing moments and you know, won a Super Bowl, go to two and do amazing things. I mean, I think that the expectation is always going to be high. My, my expectation is always the highest it could possibly be. And Peyton Manning left Indianapolis. Tom Brady obviously left New England. If Russell Wilson wants to leave Seattle, that should be allowed too. It's 2022. I think we've progressed to a point where if you wanted to do that, people should be able to get over it. Yeah, I'm focused on Seattle right now, though. I'm focused on where I'm at. You know, so, uh, but yeah, you, you see that in any sport. You know, I think a lot of you know players move and change. But for me, I'm focused on Seattle and where I'm at right now. Well, Russ, we thank you very much for the time again on behalf of Subway and the Danger Witch. I've never had a sandwich autographed to me before. That's, for that's you, the, my friend. I still think it's a little weird, but okay. Uh, we appreciate the time, Russ. And Taste hopefully, it first. Taste it first. You'll like it. All right, if you say so. Thanks for the time, Russ. I'll see you later. Thanks for everything. Take it easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here with the SB Nation NFL show, the Arrowhead Pride interview series, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, welcoming on tight end Travis Kelsey. Trav, I, I want to get to what you're doing out in L.A. first. You're partnering with Courtyard by Marriott, who recently unveiled the 2022 Super Bowl sleepover suite at SoFi. Can you tell oh, us yeah. a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah, man. I, obviously, I wish I was playing in the game. We all wish that we were there. Um, but I mean, this is the next best thing coming around, just enjoying the Super Bowl experience. Um, Courtyard by Marriott is doing an unbelievable experience for, for a super fan. The sleepover contest, they, they turned a suite in SoFi Stadium into a hotel room. So a, a super <laughs> fan will be able to enjoy uh, Super Bowl Sunday as the first person in the stadium. Um, and it's an experience you only get with Courtyard by Marriott, the, the official hotel of the NFL. Travis, this reminds me of what you you and my Uncle Clark have in Arrowhead Stadium, actually. The uh, the suite. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I wish I haven't been in it yet. So I'm still, I'm still I, I gotta hit That's up. That's surprising. People don't That's realize right. that a lot of us share an uncle in Kansas City. Um, I want to get <laughs> I want to get to the uh, NFL honors. Uh, I know that uh, you were there with with Tyron Matthew, uh, being the competitor yeah. that you are, and you you kind of mentioned it already. How do you balance? enjoying a night like that with the long, you know, to be playing in this game. You know what? I thought it was a, it was an awesome experience. Um, the NFL did a great job of, of making it fun, um, making it, you know, enjoyable for everybody. I know that I was, I was there supporting my brother for the Walter Payton man of the year. He was the nominee for the Eagles. And then obviously uh, my other brother, uh, the honey badger, uh, supporting him as he was up there on stage. And it's just, um, it's cool. It's cool to see, Everybody else throughout the league uh, in a setting like that where you got the Hall of Famers, you got uh, the guys that have played in the league and the guys that are that are stars in the league now. Um, it was just a, it was a, it was a really cool moment. And then to see uh, Wit at the end uh, just have an absolutely unbelievable moment, um, inspiring us all to, to, you know, do what we can in our communities and, uh, and never stop. I mean, it was just a, it was a magical night. It was fun. Travis's foundation, of course, 87 and running. You do a lot with the Shadow Buddies, and we know Operation Breakthrough in Kansas City, so that's worth noting here uh, as well. I have to ask you about this. Uh, Michael keegan Key. I thought he did a great job. He did have a little bit of a, a dig in the middle of the show, and they panned right to you. I guess my question is two-pronged here. A, like, what are you thinking in that lighthearted moment? And then B, even though it is lighthearted, I mean, you know Pat. I mean, how much maybe does even a little moment like that maybe motivate him? Uh, to come back stronger oh, next year. Yeah, I don't know if you can find too much to to motivate Pat even more. I mean, the guy's one of the most motivated people <laughs> I've ever met in my life. He's the ultimate competitor. He's just always trying to find yeah. ways to get better. And, uh, you know, Keegan, uh, he's an awesome guy. He's uh, absolutely hysterical. Um, I respect the try, but um, I think he was <laughs> a dig really at me because uh, I called game on his Los Angeles Chargers a couple That's weeks right back and he was he was in attendance I actually got to meet him on the field before that game uh so I think it was a little bit of a dig knowing that eh, I got you during the season um we, we did I see almost booed him I almost booed him I was <laughs> sitting there I was like nah, I'm not gonna act like I was surprised at how well you trying to be a controlled Travis no right smile now. no smile yeah you you kind of shook your head and and that's true I remember and Patrick kind of went to the sideline a little bit in that Thursday night game you know being in attendance there too so there's a little bit back and forth I I think there I do want to go back to the playoff game and I'm I'm wondering about the Bills game and the emotional roller coaster that that game was and is it fair to say or is there any thought to maybe there being I don't want to say a letdown but something where um you know there was just a little bit more calmness going into that Bengals game and if not that how have you been wrapping your head around kind of what transpired on that day 
I don't think that uh, anything lingered into the Bengals game. We came out, started fast, put up points immediately. Uh, yeah. It was the adjustments that in the second half that we needed to make and just uh, the plays in the second half that we needed to make that we didn't make. Yeah. Um, and I'd be the first one to put my hand in the air and say I needed to be better. I need to be better for our team for one five back there, um, making plays uh, for, you know, like I know how to help help trend, transcend our, our, you know, our offense uh, in that second half. And I just, I don't know, it's uh, still trying to figure it out, uh, yeah. still trying to, you know, learn from it so it doesn't happen again. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one that's going to sting for a while. What it leads into is it's sort of a, a fork in the road offseason. And you guys have been so good these past three years. And it seems like there may be like a little bit of additional turnover. How do you kind of think about these past three years? And how tough is that part of the game where, man, you want a championship with these guys? You guys have been on such a run. And it may not necessarily be the same exact team kind of going into what would be the 2022 season. Well, I think it uh... – it makes you appreciate uh, what you've been through together. I think yeah. a little bit more knowing that it, uh, yeah, guys might go here, there. Um, some things might happen to where the, the makeup of the team just doesn't look the same. And that's the business that is the NFL. You know, it's uh, the turnover in the NFL is uh, the stats on that is pretty ridiculous in terms of the guy, the new guys in the league uh, year in, year out. And I just, um, like I said, I think it just, it, it makes you appreciate all the, all the memories that you've had with the guys. Um, and just uh, appreciate all this, all the success we've had. Talking with Travis Kelsey here on the SB Nation NFL show, and of course the Arrowhead Pride uh, interview series. So speaking of potential offseason changes, Brett Veach, he's been pretty aggressive over the past few offseasons. It's been pretty well noted among fans that hey, Odell may be available, Juju, Godwin, Gallup. How much do you, in a sense, play outsider here and look at that free agent class and say, man, it might be interesting to get one of these available pass catchers here in Kansas City. Again, nothing against the current teammates, but you're always right. trying to trying to add, of course, to, to make your offense even more high-powered. That's the biggest thing, man. I've, I've always felt that uh, Coach Reed, Brett Feach, those guys have done an unbelievable job of getting the right guys in the building year in, year out. We've seen it. Uh, we've made adjustments, especially since I've been here. Um, I just think that um, – Talking about uh, guys coming in kind of takes away from uh, what we've had in that in that sure. room in the in the building, um, and I just um, you know I let I let Veach do his thing. I, I got all the trust in the world in 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 him and Coach Reed uh, in our front office to to make all the right decisions to help give us that chance next year. And uh, yeah, I think that uh, without a doubt, every every off season. Is, uh, is intriguing and there's there's always a big big name free agent that you can add to the team uh that can help you win um and who knows what uh what that is this year i think underrated in that too sometimes it's just like how great byron and mccall look toward the end of the year you don't know oh, what 22 you know will necessarily bring for those guys that are already in the room so those guys played their tails off yeah in the playoffs and, and towards the end of that year and really really gave us that that ability to, to move the ball down the field um, and take, I want to say, say, take pressure off of me and Tyreek, but just put even more pressure on the defense to have to cover all of us. I got two more for you, Travis, and then I'll get you out of here. I've asked you this before, and I remember you said, Pete, I want to play forever. And this was like two or three years ago. So now you're 32, you'll turn 33 during the 2022 regular season. Are we thinking like Tony go to 37? Is there a number? Where are you at in like how I long? You I don't see where forever ends at this point. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm sticking to my line and I'll, I'll, I, like I said, I'm enjoying coming into work every single day. Everybody knows how much I love Kansas city, how much I love playing for, for this organization and the players that, that and the players yeah. and coaches that we have in the organization. I just think uh, that's a decision that I I obviously have to think about because of, you know, that my age and uh, where I'm yeah. getting at in my career. But um, I still feel like I got a lot, a lot of football left, man. And um, I'm more motivated right now to, to show everybody that. It's music, too. I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners' ears. And so leading us into the final question here, and, and I don't know, you know, when we'll talk again, probably OTAs, something like that. I, I know last season – was a tough ending, you know, probably even tougher than, than this year's just because we had the chiefs in, in the, in the big game and you kind of went away for a while. Do you have a similar plan this off season to kind of shut it down, kind of get out of the limelight a little bit. And if so, you want to shed any light into to what is, is upcoming in the next couple of weeks and months for, for Travis Kelsey. 
I um I did a lot of uh, evaluating over this season, over this past week, and I think that uh, my approach last year, um, for whatever reason, I started off. We started off a little slower than we had in years years previous, and um, so I'm going to definitely make an adjustment. I'm not sure what that looks like quite yet. Um, I'm going to enjoy this uh, Super Bowl weekend out here uh, with some friends and some family, and um, from there. Um, figure out what the exact uh, road to success looks like. But um, uh, like I said, I'm more motivated right now more than ever. Man. I'm, uh, I'm ready to get after. I do like it to, to bring it back around again. Travis Kelsey partnering with the 2022 Super Bowl Sleepover Suite at SoFi Stadium. Thank you for joining us in both the SB Nation NFL show and Arrowhead Pride. Always, Pete. Good to talk to you. Go Chiefs! Please be joined now here on the SB Nation NFL show by the one and only the legendary, actually legendary. We say that about a lot of people, but literally legendary Pro Football Hall of Famer. I could spend hours going through every single accolade. It is the legendary Dick Butkus. Mr. Butkus, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, well, thanks for having me on here. What did you have for lunch today, Mr. Butkus? Uh, I had a, a little bar. A little bar? Like I, a power bar? I, a little... Uh, Octavia bar. It's like 100 <laughs> calories, 11 grams of protein, and two grams of fat. Okay. I right. have five of them during the course of the day. Okay. My, so there you go. Well done. Um, very, you know, very interesting. That's what we're here to talk about is really your your dietary habits, obviously. Um, how has your week been? Uh, obviously, this is going to be honest with you, Mr. But because you've really re-entered uh, the the NFL space in a different way. You are maybe the most popular man on Twitter. I'm, I'm sure you've been asked about this a thousand times as of late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just, uh, you know, me and my son got together and we're talking about it and uh, I said, well, I'll be hip. I'll do it. What's going on now? So it's, it's, it's been fun and it keeps you in sports. You know what I mean? I, I like talking about it. Right. Adding, on. adding a little thing or two to my statements. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping certain. it all all leads to the good things that we're trying to do with uh, Huddle Up and et cetera. Of course. No, um, you mentioned it. Let's go ahead and get right to it. You're working with uh, the NFL Alumni Association to build awareness and further educate fans and, and former players about obesity. Could you talk about this cause and why it's important to you and the work that you're doing? Six months ago, they came up with this Huddle Up for Obesity. You know, the, and the, the stats are like 40 to 7% of ex-NFL players are obese. And so you say, well, what, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, is that your health, uh, you're going to have a heart problems. You're going to have diabetes problems. Uh, you're going to be hospitalized and there's no need for that. It's not just a simple case of willpower. There's other factors that why people can't, well, they can lose weight, but they never keep it off. At my screening facility in Orange County, California, we do, we have an EBCT scanner that scans the heart. Well, years ago, smoking, uh, of course, led to a lot of heart disease. When the smoking curtailed a little bit, the heart disease came down. Now, all of a sudden, it's skyrocketing, and it's because of obesity. And a really sad part about this is that we've got obese children. So that's why they kind of, came to us and said, you know, you want to be part of this. And I said, you know what? I've got neuropathy and maybe if I lose some weight, I was at 267. I thought I was in pretty good shape. I work out, whatever. I said, well, maybe this will help me. So I went on the program with them and I lost 47 pounds, pissed a lot of guys off because the average was only 30 pounds, but I did 47 and I'm still keeping it off. And we're going to go through now a maintenance program. And what, what, what they're finding is that, you know, it's not just willpower, it's genetics. You know, why is it some guys could eat 10 pizzas, not gain an ounce? I look at a pizza and I gain six pounds. So it's, it's more than that. It's emotional problems, it's heredity, genetics, what have you. So we're trying to educate people about this uh, because so many guys are obese uh, when they leave the game and, 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 and also just regular people. It's, it's really, uh, it's really a health benefit to, to lose the weight and keep it off. And I, and you know what, personally, I think it's pretty selfish of people that just keep stuff in their face and there's their kids and their wife who are depending on them to be the, the leader and look up to. And 
do they really know that he keeps doing this sometime in the future, he's going to be gone too early. So uh, that's what I'm, uh, why I'm involved in it. I think the, the cause is, is extremely important, Mr. Butkus, and, and obviously it's, it's impressive how you can speak from personal experience. And I think it's important how you lay out context. It's not just a matter of, of somebody not exercising. There are a number of extracurricular factors that, that go into a person's health. Um, I think it's very noble how much of an eye you have on players who have gone through the NFL. I also love how much of an eye you have on active players and players who are entering the NFL. Uh, if it isn't obvious from my background, I cover the Dallas Cowboys here at SB Nation. And so obviously we're big fans of Micah Parsons, who is the winner of the Butkus Award. Could you speak about Micah? I, I mentioned your tweets. You, you tweeted how he was unable to attend the ceremony uh, because he was at the Pro Bowl. Your experience right. with Micah Parsons. Right. We had a uh, we had a Zoom call at the, at the awards night. Uh, he was at the Pro Bowl, like you said. Uh, he was on our uh, list for this past year, you know, at Penn State. He probably, you know, it would have been kind of interesting to see if he or Nicobe Dean ended up with the award. But he was funnier than hell on the Zoom uh, when we had him on the show, which is going to be on next uh, on the 28th. But he he made fun of that out, uh, about not being able to win it last year. So we gave him the incentive that, hey, you're the first rookie to win the award. And uh Hopefully you can do it back to back, but there'll be other guys trying to stop you from doing that. Namely, Nicobe Dean, that's a rookie. So uh, good kid, you know what I mean? He's a good kid and, he, and he's a hell of a player. He does it all, does it all. What was happening a lot with the Butkus Award was the selection committee were, were we're wondering, wait a minute, when a guy puts his foot, uh, uh, hand on the ground, is he a linebacker or, you know what I mean? So he's a guy, he's a stand-up guy. He's a linebacker. That's for sure. So is that just, do you think that's, I mean, it's so different from the game you played just generally. I mean, you one of the greatest defenders of all time. Again, the legendary Mr. Butkus. I want to be very clear about this. Um, and hopefully Micah Parsons is, is in that company someday when his NFL career is over. But could you imagine that it being commonplace? Because we do see, you know, Micah is obviously a, a, a bit of a unicorn, but there are some hybrid players. They exist offensively too. Debo Samuel, obviously kind of a wide receiver, running back, flex guy. No. Um, are, are you just amazed that that's the, that's the way the NFL is nowadays? Well, it's yes, because I think the rules uh, have changed a lot for that to happen. Uh, they're throwing the ball a lot more, so... It's, it's, it's funny as linebackers, you have to have speed and, and they do, yet you got to take on a 350 pound offensive lineman for, to try to stop the run. And uh, it's funny, Patrick Willis and I were talking about it this past weekend. He said, you know, he'd rather just shoot, you know, he's just taking these guys on now. And I said, you know something that's funny because in a four, three, when I played four, three, when it was a Green Bay sweep, Forrest Gregg would come down on me uh, on either side. And the same thing with Ernie McMillan. And I said, the guys that gave me the most problems were the guys that pass blocked me. They didn't try to knock you on your rear end or whatever. They pass blocked you and they were so big. And then I'm thinking, that's what they're doing today. That's the problem a linebacker has today. Taking on a big guy on a run and where they're actually holding you, you know, and you got to be able to have the agility to get around that. You got to be a pretty good player, pretty good agility. And I think he has it. Oh, he's certainly very exciting. Um, I would yeah. be remiss if I didn't ask you about, obviously, your team. You are perhaps the most influential person that can speak on the state of the Chicago Bears at any time. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's my objective opinion, Mr. Buckus, but, um, former Dallas Cowboys staffer, Matt Eberflus, the new head coach in Chicago, your early impressions uh, of the newest head coach of the bears. Well, he's the first defensive coach in a long time. And, uh, the guys that were there last year, I, I have never been as frustrated watching the bears as I, uh, as I was last year. I just, uh, I couldn't for the life of me, um, I could not take it. I uh, got really hot, and uh, especially when a guy after the game says, well, you know, he owns the Bears and all that business. So hopefully these guys will come in. I heard from an inside source that, you know, Justin Fields, who I think is is uh, is our answer to quarterback, 
from the first day of training camp to the last day of the season, he, he, he really wasn't coached. He wasn't coached up. And this is from somebody on the inside. I'm not going to mention who, but uh, I said, well, you know, I could half see that. But what do you want from the kid when the line is, is, is a piece of paper? You know what I'm saying? I, somebody told me, he says, well, they're going to play Andy Dalton, but do you think that Justin will get in? I says, he's going to get in and he's going to get hurt because this offensive line, they're, they're, they're letting, stringing him out to die. I mean, come on. So hopefully uh, this guy will get, even though he's a defensive coach, get someone to teach on offense. You know, I don't know why, I don't know why they, they think when you get to be a pro, you're a know-it-all. There's always something you could coach up somebody, a tip or whatever. I know I I was looking for I was I was very lucky to have great coaches that gave me little incentive, little things, little bit that's to look at, you know, uh, and it helped me. You know, I just don't understand why that. Hopefully, damn it, hopefully they're going to get some some teaching done, and I don't know how long it's going to take for them to turn this problem around, unless they get to like the Rams. And it's just uh, entertaining free agents. But who I mean, wants to go there if you're a crappy team? You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and to your point, um, you know, why, why would you not coach up your quarterback in general, but let alone let alone a quarterback who you traded up for? Like you, you've gone through all these, you know, extensive efforts to, to bring in, your, you know, and I don't want to speak ill of Matt Nagy. I know you don't either. Uh, but he's supposed to be an offensive-minded coach. Where is that offensive adjustment? You see it happen around the NFL. You certainly see, you know, you ask, why do people expect this or whatever? You look at like a Joe Burrow who's in the Super Bowl during his second season. And so, it, it, you know, as a fan, you know, you start to say, well, it can be done. So why isn't it being done for my team, especially a team like the Bears that, that have been through this drought, unfortunately, uh, for some time now? Not as long of a, of a drought in some senses as my Cowboys, though. You know, you guys have at least been to a couple of NFC championship games. You know, you yeah, got the yeah, but I'm I'm uh, I'm wondering, Nagy. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they thought, you know, everybody thought, well, here's the next Pat Mahomes he's gonna work with, you know. But uh, uh-uh. now yeah. and and that's what happens, you know. I think you do see coaches who say, well, you know, in Matt Nagy's case, I was in Kansas City. This is how we did it with Patrick Mahomes. But guess what? Players are different. Situations right. are different. You can't say Andy Dalton's Alex Smith, Justin Fields is Patrick Mahomes, and and just will it into existence. There's there's a lot of work that has to happen there. Um, uh, my last question on the Bears, because Matt Eberflus is a defensive coach, do you? It's it's so interesting how the Bears have sort of culturally always been this defensive minded team. They're, they're and I, I I have a soft spot for the Bears, but there really hasn't been this this real level of sustained offense. Do you think that's just like the fabric of the franchise? I mean, there's different coaches and players. Like it's almost it's at the very least an amazing coincidence. It's historical, the offense. Come on, I mean, since maybe Sid Luckman days, it's always been the defense. And what does that mean for Chicago? Chicago is hard-working, blue-collar people, and that's why it was so popular. And yet we played defense there and, and took pride in it. The 63 t- championship team uh, was defense. The 85 team, I was doing radio for the Bears. It was ridiculous when they were playing against teams and the quarterback would be dropping back and he's waiting to get hit from somewhere. And yet on offense, they were pretty good that year. Uh, they kind of overlooked that, but we had a pretty good, we scored some points. So I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll get some guys, the coaches, and maybe we get some players and turn this around because the defense, I think will always be there. And uh, we just got to improve on the offense. Uh, Hopefully so. Well, Mr. Budkiss, it was a pleasure to to chat with you. Um, Certainly very much admire the work you're doing with Huddle Up. Let's talk obesity, uh, the campaign, the great friendly competition you've got going on the work you're doing really is so important uh so thank you for that thank you for your contributions to the nfl i, I don't know that that is said to you often enough this this game oh. is what it is because of men like you and, and as fans we are very very grateful i'm i'm a lover of pro football history and, and you helped write the book and so uh thank you very much and uh we wish you a very happy rest of the super bowl week and hope you enjoy the game on sunday all righty thank you for the kind words buddy super big guest today so we're just going to get into it my name is jeremy reisman i have two co-host because we have a very special guest that needs special treatment eric schlitt and ryan matthews are here eric how we doing ryan how we doing good thanks bud yeah i'm good man 
Keeping it short. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our special guest. Let me run down the credentials here. He won the 2021 Smith-Brown Award, which goes to the best defensive lineman in the country. He was a Heisman finalist, uh, a runner-up, I should say. Uh, He was the first defensive player ever to be named MVP of a Big Ten championship game, and now he is the record holder of sacks at the University of Michigan with 14 sacks in his 2021 season. And as of today, uh, he has a partnership, an autograph and trading partnership with uh, Panini America. Fans can follow his journey into the NFL draft on all of his socials, which is at Aiden Hutchinson 97. Hint, I'm sorry, at Aiden Hutch 97. There it is. Uh, (laughs) And at Panini America, as part of the popular Panini Road to Rated Rookie content series, Aiden Hutchinson is here. It's a great intro, man. I appreciate you. Love it. Love it. I appreciate you joining us as always. Um, I want to get right into that kind of path to the draft here because, um, you know, I I talk to a lot of rookies and they say, you know, they they kind of miss that whole, like half their off season training for the draft, for the, um, the combine and all that stuff. So how quickly was the transition from you from playing into the playoffs to preparing for the draft? Did you give yourself any time to, to kind of relax there? Yeah, you know, I went home for a little bit. I went home for about uh, three or four days, maybe five days, and they were really just chilling out, doing absolutely nothing <laughs> with my family and sleeping in until whatever times, just uh, getting that good mental rest and physical rest before, you know, I'm out in, I'm out in L.A. right now. So now I'm just out here training my butt off and um, getting after it every day. So yeah, it was a nice little break I had after the season, but um, we're rolling now. We're, we're, we're in it, so I'm excited. What does is, what is that training regimen look like for you? Pretty much we roll Monday through Saturday and um, train about up to three times a, a day usually. And, um, you know, usually get some speed training in the morning. Then we do some position work. And then after that, then we do our big lift. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been great so far. I've been killing it. I've been feeling great. My body feels you know, the best it's felt. Um, I feel, you know, my body fat percentage is low. And I'm just—I can't wait for this combine, man. I can't wait to, to go and crush it. There. You, you've said that you're uh, planning on doing everything at the combine. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. Uh, I want to go back to your days at Michigan here for a second. Um, you, uh, when you played under Don Brown, you, you played with more of your hand in the dirt, and then uh, with. Last year with McDonald, you you stood up a little bit more coming off the edge. Uh, how did the responsibilities for you change between the, the two systems? Um, you know, Coach Mack, he gave me um, a lot of freedom um, in the defense, and especially I was standing up to, and um, I think it really just unleashed all of my abilities, and um, it really maximized, you know, my potential in college. And um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for Coach Mack and Coach Brown, um, but, you know, uh, you know, in Coach Max's system, I was really able to flourish in terms of production, um, sacks, all that. Just being a disruptive player, he allowed me to do so. So, um, you know, that defense really feels right to me, that 3-4 that defense being a stand-up guy and, um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, just, just create havoc on, on any given play. So, yeah. Yeah, the, When you translate to the NFL, the one thing that you didn't do as often um, in the 3-4 scheme is you didn't have to drop in coverage as in often, but you have to do that more in the NFL. So how, how do you prepare for that transition? Yeah, I dropped a fair bit at Michigan. Um, dropping really came natural to me. Uh, I, I got really good hips and able to, to turn them and, and move backwards well. So, um, you know, dropping really came easy to me. And, you know, I'm sure whatever responsibility is to have for me at that next level, I'll, I'll be able to execute at a high level. Um, just because of my athletic ability. So um, I'm excited for whatever they got from me. Well, Aiden, you talk about, you know, your athletic abilities and, and some of your, you know, physical gifts, you know, going from the collegiate ranks to the NFL is a, you know, you, you know, better than anybody else. It's going to be a leap in terms of speed and strength and level of competition. Right. But in the position you play, there's a lot of technique to it. I was wondering, are there any players at your position that are in the NFL that you've kind of molded or modeled your game after maybe even borrowed a few here and there? Yeah, I really think I have my own specific game. I've watched a lot of TJ just because he's such a monster and um, just how active he is and how greatly he is with his counters. Um, I mean, he's such a good player. So you know, I take little tidbits from from him and, uh, you know, guys like the Bosa brothers too, take little tidbits, watch their film. And, um, you know, it's, I'm always, you know, looking to, to get, get better as a player and grow. And, um, you know, I, 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 lo- I love watching NFL film and watching those guys uh, fall out. Uh, moving kind of forward to, to your rookie season, do you, do you have any specific goals um, for, for your first year in the NFL? 
Yeah. Oh, of course. I got a lot of goals. You know, we've, uh, <laughs> we've turned this chapter, and um, you know, my my goal and my plan is to just uh, you know go in there and dominate. I mean, I, I know I'm going to be facing some adversity, be dealing with some stuff, but um, I just you know I'm, I'm going to push through all that. And um, you know, I know I know rookies. Uh, you know, usually they don't they don't turn out too well their first year, but you know, I, my hope is that and my plan is to uh, go in there and, and uh, dominate and start. Dude, do you have a, a sack number in mind? I don't have a specific number in mind. I wouldn't put that cap on myself. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just here. I'm I'm trying to make the most plays and and um, you know be the best teammate I can be for my team at that next level. Well, obviously the the talk is you know potentially going in the top two there. So I'm just curious, what what do you think makes yourself such a a special prospect? Um, maybe a unique prospect at, at that position at, at any position uh, for the for to be considered that high. Yeah, I just think um, I have a rare combination between speed and power that, that not many guys come out of the draft with. Usually, you know, a lot of people are one-trick ponies that only do one thing, but uh, I believe I'll be very versatile in the fact that I can use speed, I can use power, I can I can use a mixture of both. I can, I can use a lot of, of my weapons, um, you know, at, at that next level right away. So I'm really excited to, uh, to put all those things to the test and see what I got. Let's talk maybe a little bit about uh, the Detroit Lions and, and what you know about them. Obviously, you're, you're a homegrown kid, um, you know, raised in, in Plymouth, not far from where I was. Uh, I know you weren't a Lions fan. I'm not going to hold you get that against you. I think uh, a lot of us <laughs> can, can understand why. Um, but what do, you, what do you know about them right now? What do you know about the Lions, the, the defense they run, Dan Campbell as, as a head coach? What do, you, what do you know and maybe like about what they do? Yeah, I don't know a whole lot schematically about what they do, but I do know that, um, you know, the guys are pretty bought in over there with the culture. I, mean, I watched their last game against the Packers, and, uh, I mean, even even you know, the guys and the fans, I mean, it was I think it was a pretty special moment, even though, uh, you know, they're, they're facing the backup uh, quarterback. I mean, I thought it was a pretty cool moment for them to get, uh, to get that win. And, um, you know, I think they got a really good head coach. It seems like a really good dude um, in the interviews that I've seen. So, uh yeah, I think I think Lions are definitely you know on the up and up. Uh, you said to Ryan that um, you didn't you don't you, you try to be your own player so you don't model your game after other defenders. But how 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 much do you study the the offensive tackles in the NFL? Like there's there's a big leap in in talent as Ryan said earlier. So uh, have you already been looking at offensive tackles, how to beat them, hand placement, things like that? Yeah, I actually have. I was talking to my old teammate Quiddy about it. And he was just telling me about some of the best guys that he faced. And, and I, I went on my iPad and I watched all, all his film and some of the good tackles that he faced. So, um, I mean, I'm excited for the challenges ahead. I know, um, you know, there's definitely going to be some adversity. There's going to be some, uh, you know, uh, some adversity, like I said. But, I mean, I'm ready to take it on. I'm ready to uh, – I'm ready, ready for my journey. And um, it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be very exciting. So, um, you know, bring it on. Let's do it. Michigan kind of quietly turning into defensive line you, huh? That's right. That's right. Low key. Low key. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing before we let you go, I want I want to talk a little bit more about the Panini America uh, partnership. Tell us uh, what what fans can expect. Obviously, you have a lot of fans here in Michigan already, and if you get drafted by the Lions, you're about to have a lot more. So so where where can they they find this sort of stuff, and and what can they expect? Yeah. No. I, I just uh, I'm partnered with Panini for uh, doing the trading cards. So you know, I'm excited to do that. I'm excited. You know. Uh, with my partnership with them and, and you know, what's to come with that. So, fire it up. All right. Well, Aiden, appreciate you joining us. Joining us again. That's Aiden Hutch 97 on Twitter and Instagram there to follow is. all your journey uh, through the draft. Uh, good luck, Aiden. We really appreciate you giving us time and, and hopefully we'll see you again sometime soon. Yes. Yeah, all, right, all right, guys. Appreciate it. Welcome to a very special edition of the Niners Nation show. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined by a name that you all are very familiar with. Deion Sanders, head coach Deion Sanders, that is, of Jackson State Football. Deion, what's going on, man? What's going on, my man? Niners Nation. Okay, now I get it. I get it now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Niners Nation. So you're okay. upset right now. You're sad that you didn't make it, so I got to heal you. That's what you want. You want me to heal you. That's, that's why you're here. That's why I brought you on here. Okay, okay. Be before we – before we get back to that sadness of last week, I, I want your predictions. So it's Super Bowl week. Stars are everywhere. We got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, you name it. Uh, let's get this out of the way. Who you got in the Super Bowl and who's your MVP? Okay, let's get this out of the way. First of all, I need to shave you with Gillette. Okay, I need to I need to take care of you, man. With the Gillette Labs razor, I need to just come and get you cleaned up, get you groomed up, 
making sure you look good. It's quick and easy. It's washing your face. You're going to love it. It's activation there at Santa Monica, Gillette.com slash skate. It's going to be all kind of barbers there. We can line you up. We can fade you up. We can just get you looking amazing and feeling amazing like I do every day because I shave. I'm not just endorsing this product. I actually use the darn product, all right? This ain't no false falsifying anything. This is what I do. So let's get that out of the way, okay? I want you to get the product, okay? Now that we got that out of the way, I like the Rams. I like the Rams. First of all, they're at home. Second of all, they have a few premier players on defense that's going to present the Bengals with a lot of problems. You know who they are. I don't have to name those guys. I love what the Bengals have done. Um, they're Cinderella. I don't think the glass slipper is not going to fall off probably until the second half. But what Burrow brings to the table is hope, um, excitement, uh, passion, purpose. The kid is amazing. Chase is going to have some problems dealing with Jalen Ramsey. Um, the whole entire line that surrendered several sacks to Tennessee is going to have tremendous problems with Aaron Donald. Um, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Love that it's in California, but I'm picking the Rams. No, I agree with a lot of what you said. And it's everybody struggles with Aaron Donald. Everybody struggles with Jalen yeah. Ramsey. And that's why they're here because they are stars and not just your usual typical stars. They're like the best players at their position. And it just so happens to be at the most important, some of the most important positions. So uh, who's your MVP? MVP may be Ramsey or Donald. I think it may come from the defensive side, although if the quarterback has a halfway decent game, he's going to be the MVP, which I wish they changed the rules and give us an offensive MVP and a defensive MVP because Ooh. if the quarterback throws for 300 yards, um, they're not going to give it to Cooper Cup. They're going to give it to the quarterback. Right. That's just I just don't like it. I can't stand it. I'm, I'm a little biased because I can't stand quarterbacks, but that's the way it is. So I'm, I'm going with the Rams. I, I think – for a lot of the same reasons you said, I think 28-17, but I'm going Cam Akers, former Seminole, and I think they're just going to, you know, McVay, for all of the things that people talk about him, he, he's kind of a conservative coach. He's probably going to want to establish the run, and I think Akers busts a couple, gets over 100 yards, gets in that end zone, and uh, gets the MVP. Okay, let's turn the page. You, again, are a head coach now, which still is just blowing my mind to say out loud. Um, How is it blowing your mind that I'm a head coach? I, I could take offense to that. I can really hurt <laughs> by that statement. Why is it blowing your mind? Is it blowing your mind in the success we had or just the ideology of Prime as a head coach? Deion Sanders is a head coach. Right. We play video games with you. and we, Everything that we've done with Deion Sanders, nothing would have said, oh, he's going to be the head coach of Jackson freaking State. That's blowing my mind. It's not the success. We knew you were going to be good. That's not, a, like, that's not a surprise at all. It's just the fact that everything happens so quickly. And uh, when I say it's blowing my mind, it's, more, it's a good thing. And I want to be clear that that's Great the case. Um, it's a great thing. No doubt about it. So now that you're in that head coaching space, one of Kyle Shanahan's greatest strengths is just building a staff around him. Uh, he's mm -hmm. had multiple coaches who hired as a head coach in a short time. Wh who's the first phone call that you made to join your staff? Well, you got to understand, uh, I attacked it a little differently than many um, coaches would. I needed a blend because this is a different athlete out there today that you're trying to attract. So I warranted guys that's from the NFL. I have, I think, two, three of those guys that played in the NFL formerly. I have several guys that came from the college ranks, and I had, and I have a few guys that came from the high school ranks. So the understanding of the kid is from all angles. We have people on the staff that the kid wants to arrive to is the NFL, on the staff that at the college level, so we have full understanding of how college works because I'm coming from high school and then high school coaches that understand what these kids are going through mentally and emotionally, psychologically going into college. So we have a, a wonderful staff, man. And they're really good at what they do. I think we have 75 years of NFL experience on our staff. Yeah, that helps. And I'm, I'm glad yeah. you said that just the different ranges because mm -hmm. what quarterback a how he acts is going to be totally different from cornerback C That's and for right. you to have the same type of coach on your staff. Like these kids aren't going to be able to like, even if it's you, like the same guy is not going to be able to relate to you. So you have exactly. to get a bunch of different people. So I'm, right. uh, that, that was kind of my follow-up. Uh, just roles too. I mean, you have a disciplinarian coach, a coach that the kid needs someone to talk to. We have a coach that's really good with that. Then we have a coach that 
is one of them old hood coaches that come. <laughs> Some of these kids need that, you know, so we, we have a diverse uh, nature of coaches that can speak to every need that the kid may have. Are, are you the guy that the get after the kids kind of coach or are yeah. you the loud yeller? I'm a little bit of both. I'm a talker. I'm a reasonable person, but uh, I'm quite demanding. I want what I want and I want it right now. And I'm not going to settle with mediocrity whatsoever. And that's one of the reasons that we're successful. Yeah, you can't allow that. You can't let kids get away with that. That's good. So when the casual observer thinks of a coach, they're going to narrow it down to things they can see, like play calling, you know, being aggressive on fourth down, clock management. And obviously it goes deeper than that. So after your first year, what was something that you dealt with that maybe, you know, kind of caught you off guard or you didn't think that would fall under the hat of being a head coach? And how'd you deal with it? Um, I've been coaching for a long time, high school, youth, all that. And all this stuff prepared me, man. Even in the pros, you, you, you somewhat coach when you play at a certain level. Um, Nothing caught me off guard because uh, I think God really prepared me on the backside of the desert meeting when I, I was at the high school and the youth levels. Nothing really caught me off guard. But um, really the difference of these kids nowadays is they don't want it as much. You, you got to do a better job when you recruit or sitting down with not only the kid, but with the parents and ask some pertinent questions to understand why they're doing this, why they're playing this game and what they want out of this game and out of their life. And if our goals coincide with one another, we'll take a shot at it. But if it don't, I'm looking for smart, tough, fast, disciplined kids with character. If they don't have three of those attributes, you can't come in my locker room, you can't play for me. But isn't that something you have to learn on the fly with those kids? You don't learn, on, on, I don't learn nothing on the fly. I don't do that. Like we have a series of questions, a series of uh, meetings that we have before we offer a kid a, a scholarship of really, you know, we can offer them, but that don't mean he's going to get it. Uh, really bring a kid in and we see some things on a visit, uh, put them in certain situations so we can see how they react. You can sit down with parents and understand what you're going to get. They're not going to fall too far away from that tree. So if that tree is a little rusty on a visit, we don't want to deal with that tree. So it's so many different aspects of coaching and um, landing these kids and really wanting the kids that uh, have the ability, but they gotta be smart, tough, fast, disciplined with character. Okay, let's go back to the sadness of the 49ers here. Uh, I, wanna, I wanna bounce back and forth here, of course. So the Niners were outscored 13-0 in the fourth quarter and it seemed like you know every chance they had to win, but they just couldn't pull through. So in a situation that they were going through, what's your message to the players when it seems like Murphy's Law, when you know everything that can go wrong does go wrong? You got to keep on plugging, man. You can't stop. You can't give up. Coaches got to be a little more innovative. They got to do the things that that they understand can they can be dominant at or they can be successful at in that particular game. They got to make adjustments. And then sometimes you got to make adjustments on the fly to get to W. You got to do what you got to do to get to W. Did you go through any scenarios like that this past season where it seemed like you know everything was going on? Yeah, of course. I mean, we weren't as productive as I wanted to be offensively. Of course, we made a change in all season. Um, defensively, we really got after it, but we could tighten up on the defensive front. So some games that we played below our standards, our last game that we lost, we played well below our standards uh, because I think our kids were satisfied after we won the swag. And I think they, that was it for them. That was like their national championship instead of understanding that we have one more game to go. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And you, it's tough because you have to keep their mentality at the same level every time. And when mm -hmm. you're dealing with 18, 21 year old kids that you don't know what you're going to get week in and week out. So that's, that's another challenge of coaching college football, isn't it? Well, it, it, it is, but also you got to understand how many kids you have inside the locker room that have actually won. Right. Um, a lot of kids had won and they don't understand winning. So when they win, they don't understand you got to do this again and again and again. And there has to be consistency and there can't be any complacency. And you got to have something inside of you that desires to get to the next level every darn snap and to be dominant. All I ask for is three seconds of your best. Three seconds of the, your best. That's, that's all we want. Three seconds of the best that you can give me. Then you get the rest for about 15 to 20. Then give me another three seconds. That, that's what we're looking for, man. Yeah, I, I love that you boil it down to that because um, when, you, when you're talking about success in these kids, all throughout the week, I'm sure, you know, especially with Jackson State and how the success you guys had, they're hearing everything sweet about them. Like they did this, they did that all season, but you still have another game to go. Okay, uh, Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback situation, the 49ers, they just had to go through a ton this year. So traded a bunch for Trey Lance and he didn't play in 2020. And then he's walking into a team that's ready to make the playoffs. 
He has Jimmy Garoppolo, who is up and down, but he has a locker room behind him. And again, when we're talking about football, we're talking about a sport. You can't ignore the emotion. You can't ignore that side of things. So how do you feel like Shanahan handled it? And would you have done anything differently? Um, coach Shanahan is a great coach. Um, I think he's offensive genius. What he does and uh, his consistency is really, really good. Garoppolo played great. Everybody's looking for excuse to pull him out, to sit him down. The kid can play, man. Just give him his credit. I know you drafted Trey Lance and you don't know what you're going to do with him. The reason Trey Lance didn't play, because something he displayed at practice and the inconsistency of that probably was alarming. And I'm pretty sure that Kyle Shanahan wants to win and he's going to put the best guy on the field. So when he makes a decision to go with Garoppolo, that means he's the best guy available. Yeah, That's it. It does seem that simple because we forget. So on, on our end, we see the one throw that's an interception. We ignore the part where he, you know, makes the guy miss on a blitz or he gets the ball out in time and he gives the receiver a chance. And then, of course, the freaking 500 practices that led up to that the week 16 or week 18 game. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that I'm sure you're privy to as a coach that that we just don't know. Um, it's 2022. And. Yesteryear, it seemed like, you know, running the football and stopping the run, that was how you win in the NFL, or in all levels of football. And even with all the change in today's game, it, it still feels like that rings true. Do you agree? And if so, is that just because it's the physical nature of the sport? Will that ever change? I don't think the game has a physical nature like it once did. I don't think that's the case. Um, just with the way that we're trending? Uh, they don't practice as hard. They're, the demand in the offseason is not as tough. Um, you really don't have teams that run the ball tremendously well. Everyone's throwing the ball and putting it up 30, 40 times a game. Uh, San Francisco is probably the one of the most balanced teams in uh, the NFL, and, and they should be proud of that. NFL, as you've seen, it's been going on for decades. This is nothing new. We have one black head coach in the NFL. Uh, position, position coaches spend 10 to 12 hours a day with these guys. Uh, they get results. They still don't get coordinators. They still don't get head coaches. If I were to put Deion Sanders in charge of a committee, what changes would you make to make sure that we have more black head coaches? Because something has to change. I can't make sure you have more black head coaches. I can't do that. But what I could do is give you black ownership. Let's expand. Let's go to three more cities and mandate that there must be inclusion in ethnicities when it comes to ownership, not just black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever it is. Okay, Let, let's, let's go there and see where the ball falls. Now, let's do that. Instead of just fighting for the, the mediocre job that's coaching, let's go to ownership. Let's mandate that and see how the game is played then. It'll be a whole new ball game if we get that. I appreciate well, that. Let's fight, let's fight for that. Let's not fight for the, the middle ground and the middle, man. Let's, let's, let's fight for ownership. That makes sense because if we fight for ownership, now we're talking billions and then the trickle-down effect, and then that's when we'll get more jobs. Yep, well, I we, pray so. we pray so. Now, I, I would like to see what the African-American owner does. I would love to see that. We haven't had a chance. We don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, yeah. why wouldn't you? I, I love it, man. I appreciate it. Well, uh, that'll do it for us. Prime, thank you again for joining us. Um, best of luck to you, Jackson State. Keep it up in the swag. Take care, man. Uh, any last words before you get out of here? No, man, I appreciate you. You keep on doing what you're doing, man. You're making a difference. Take care, man. I love you. Adrian, very excited to talk to you. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, you are here on the behalf of Rebalance. So tell us a little bit about Rebalance and what you guys are doing over there and why you decided to partner with them. Oh, yeah. So I'm, like, I'm very excited to be working with this new company. And I've been trying this product for about three, four weeks now. And um, it's, it's been amazing. Like, it's really been amazing. Um, the company, obviously, is, is called Rebalance. And um, what I love about it is that, and I was telling uh, one of my friends this other day, I said, hey, listen, if, you know, you're trying to get your mojo back, bro. You need to, <laughs> you, need, you, need, you need to try this, try this supplement. Um, but it's a, it's an all natural supplement to help optimize uh, physical and mental performance, whether you're, you know, you're in the gym working out um, or at work and, and even at home. Um, and then see the key about it is that the magic behind it is <laughs> these, these pills that you take is three pills. And they dissolve to the got a great taste, a great great taste to them. Um, also, um, but they dissolve really easy. You take one in the morning, you take one in the evening, and then you take one at night as well, which helps you kind of get that deep sleep in a realm. But the matter behind it is, you know, 
like, and a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of us have high cortisol levels, you know, like high. And that comes from just being stressed with just your daily life, uh, whether that's work, you know, kids or whatever it might be. Um, so rebalance, it, it balances out that cortisol level. So now your body is, is, is in a enhanced um, format where it's able to produce more natural testosterone, um, human growth hormones, and those um, hormones that helps your body build muscle, increase strength, recovery. And um, so, you know, I've been able to go through this for a couple of weeks and I, I feel the difference in it. Yeah, so it does, does, it, a like, little, does a little bit of everything. It for, does a little bit of everything. You know? For Adrian so, Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it do the same for you too. So, yeah, go check out rebalancehealth.com right now. It's got the Adrian Peterson stamp of approval. Um, Adrian, I wanted to ask you about at the end of the year with Seattle, you mentioned that you would like to keep playing. And after having some downtime and, you know, getting getting ready for the Super Bowl, but headed into free agency and everything that goes on in the NFL offseason, is that still where you're at right now? You still want to keep going in your NFL career? Yeah, still the same mindset. Continue to play, continue to do it for, you know, as long as, you know, I can do it. You know, I feel like I uh, can still play at a high level. You know, the body is feeling good. It's starting to recover from, you know, the injury I had ending the season. Then just like ending my, I don't want to end my career that way anyway. It's not like I was thinking about retiring, but, you know, that's def- definitely one way I don't want it to, to end. Um, so, you know, God's willing, I'm blessed with the opportunity. I'm going to take full advantage of it and, and, and keep it keep it going. Pete Carroll actually mentioned that you guys had a conversation about you maybe being interested in coaching one day. Is that is that something you're interested in doing once you get past your playing career? You you want to be possibly like an NFL coach or maybe a college coach or something like that? You know, that's something that I would have to kind of evaluate once I'm done playing because it's, it's a lot to take in. And that's something we talked about, too. You know, um, it, it's a big demand, uh, you know, and playing in the league for so long. You know, to jump right back out and then get right back in into football and, and have to dedicate even more time, you know, uh, that would be kind of rough for me to do. You know, uh, maybe I would take a break for a year or two or something or or maybe come in in a different position. Um, but we left the window open, you know. So I told him, hey, you know, I'm still trying to play. You know, I would love to continue to do this. You know, but if that changed, then, you know, we can talk again. So at this stage of your career and wanting to keep playing it and, and keep kind of going through the grind of an NFL season, is it all about for you now playing and, and ending this thing on like a championship caliber team? Or is it just you just love playing football and you just want to keep going wherever the opportunities take you? Yeah, of course. The main thing is being on a championship team and, you know, and having that opportunity to win a championship. Um, but, you know, I have the love for the game, too. You know, so I, you know, if, if that's not the case and the championship team doesn't present itself and a team is there, I'm going to play because for the love of the game, you know. Uh, so that's, that's, that's really what drives me, you know, the love of the game. Yeah, I want a championship, but the love of the game is, is, is what has me continuing to play. And God's willing, going into my 15th season. Uh, last season, before you signed with the Detroit Lions, there was reportedly some rumors that the Kansas City Chiefs showed some interest in you. You know, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is a guy who you who you played under uh, during your Minnesota days. Is there any validity to those reports? Were you ever actually close to signing with the Chiefs, or was there like serious conversations there? Um, there were talks, um, but nothing got serious. Um, because it was, it was going to be like on, on a need basis. Um, and, you know, different opportunities opened up for me that were more, uh, you know, serious. So, you know, of course, I, I, I jumped on those instead. So, um, but yeah, we, you know, we had a conversation or two with, uh, with Kansas City. And I wanted to ask you about Eric Bieniemy and, and your time with him in Minnesota. He's obviously been a head coaching candidate the last few years, has not found a, a head coaching opportunity, unfortunately. Is there anything you could tell us about Eric Bieniemy as a coach, any stories you'd like to share about your time with him and why you think he could be a good leader and potentially a good head coach in the future? Yeah, just, um, you know, he took over as offensive coordinator. Um, I can't remember what year it was, uh, but, you know, our offense went from 
you know, really pretty much being mediocre to like we were explosive offensively. Just being in a running back room with him, you know, I knew that he was in a position he shouldn't he, he shouldn't be. He was a great running back coach, of course, but I knew there was more for him to um, accomplish, you know, and uh, you, you can just tell how detailed he was, you know, how passionate he was about it and, you know, this how in sync he was with the offense, you know, from every route, the receivers going a lot, you know, offensive line, defense, like it was just like, dang, you know, why come he ain't, you know, the offensive coordinator or why he's not at an elevated position, you know, that's the field you got being in the room with Eric Bannon. You know, so it didn't surprise me when he ended up going to, you know, Kansas City, you know, to be offensive offensive coordinator. You know, I I am surprised now that he hasn't had the opportunity to become a head coach, you know, and when that opportunity presents itself, you know, I know he'll take full advantage of it for sure. Again, that's Adrian Peterson. He is with us on behalf of Rebounds. Adrian, thank you so much for joining the SB Nation NFL show. We really appreciate the time. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, bud. That's going to do it for this Digital Row edition of the SB Nation NFL show. Again, if you haven't done it yet, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. We are not closing up shop, even though the Super Bowl is going to come to an end soon. So it's the perfect time to subscribe. We have a ton of good stuff coming for you this offseason. We will be here for you every single weekday with new and exciting content. Smash that follow button. Enjoy the game, everybody. Remember, you can relive the Super Bowl with the SB Nation NFL show Sunday late night wrap-up hosted by yours truly. I'm going to go over every big play, every highlight. We'll have post-game analysis in there as well. It's going to be a complete and full recap of Super Bowl 56. You want to check that out as well. Enjoy the game, everybody, and we'll talk to you on Sunday night.